Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you? We are live, and we are live streaming. It'll just be a moment, and we will be live streamed. Um, and I pray that you're well. This is a blessed Wednesday, Easter Wednesday morning, and we're thrilled to be with you. And I said that each morning I was going to be reading you a, um, a story. Um, now, if I know you're not live yet, but just hold on. We have a technical difficulty, and we will be live in just a moment. We're, we are live, but the live stream is uh, has a little problem right now. So we are with you, and we will be with you in face soon. Um, uh, let me just see. I have. Um, I, I said to you I was going to read you a story every day, um, this week only, and I... Um, I found a story, and it actually was not in the Easter story book that I was looking at. It was my sister's favorite, my blood sister's favorite. Um, She died just a few years ago on the anniversary of her one year into the Catholic Church. Just so, so glorious. And the Ragman was her favorite. Um, It's uh, by Walter Ranguin Jr., and this is how it goes. I saw a strange sight. I stumbled upon a story most strange, like nothing in my life, my street sense, my sly tongue had ever prepared me for. Hush, child, hush now, and I will tell it to you. Now, here we go. Even before the dawn, one Friday morning, I noticed a young man, handsome and strong, walking the alleys of our city. He was pulling an old cart filled with clothes, both bright and new, and he was calling in a clear voice, Rags! Ah, the air was foul, and the first light, um, and the first light filthy to be crossed by such sweet music. Rags! New rags for old! I take your tired rags! Rags! You know, I'm reading it like that, beloved, because um, it, when I grew up in Brooklyn, we had peddlers walking, and it was their business, and they, I cash clothes, I cash clothes, all of that. It was really, uh, and, and probably they took old rags, and another one took old bottles. And he writes, uh, now this is a wonder. I thought to myself, for the man stood six four, and his arms were like tree limbs, hard and muscular, and his eyes flashed intelligence. Could he find no better job than this, to be a ragman in the inner city? I followed him. My curiosity drove me, and I was not disappointed. Soon the ragman saw a woman sitting on her back porch. She was sobbing into a handkerchief, sighing and shedding a thousand tears. Her knees and elbows made a sad X. Her shoulders shook. Her heart was breaking. The ragman stopped his cart. Quietly, he walked to the woman, stepping round tin cans, dead toys, and pampers. Give me your rag, he said gently, and I'll give you another. 
He slipped the handkerchief from her eyes. She looked up, and he laid across her palm a linen cloth so clean and knew that it shined. She blinked from the gift to the giver. Then, as he began to pull his card again, the ragman did a strange thing. He put her stained handkerchief to his own face, and then he began to weep, to sob as grievously as she had done, his shoulders shaking, yet she was left without a tear. This is a wonder, I breathed to myself, and I followed the sobbing ragman like a child who cannot turn away from mystery. Rags, rags, new rags for old. In a little while, when the sky showed gray behind the rooftops and I could see the shredded curtains hanging out black windows, the ragman came upon a girl whose head was wrapped in a bandage, whose eyes were empty. Blood soaked her bandage. A single line of blood ran down her cheek. Now the tall ragman looked upon this child with pity, and he drew a lovely yellow bonnet from his cart. Give me your rag, he said, tracing his own line on her cheek, and I'll give you mine. The child could only gaze at him while he loosened the bandage and removed it and tied it to his own head. The bonnet he set on hers, and I gasped at what I saw, for with the bandage went the wound. Against his brow it ran a darker, more substantial blood, his own. Rags, rags, I take old rags, cried the sobbing, bleeding, strong, intelligent ragman. The sun hurt both the sky now and my eyes. Let me reread that. The sun hurt both the sky now and my eyes. The ragman seemed more and more to hurry. Are you going to work? He asked a man who leaned against a telephone pole. The man shook his head. The ragman pressed him. Do you have a job? And the man's, are you crazy? Sneered the other. He pulled away from the pole, revealing the right sleeve of his jacket. Flat, the cuff scuffed into his pocket. He had no arm. So said the ragman, give me your jacket and I'll give you mine. So much quiet authority in his voice. The one-armed man took off his jacket. So did the ragman. And I trembled at what I saw for the ragman's arm stayed in its sleeve, and when the other put it on, he had two good arms, thick as tree limbs, but the ragman had only one. Go to work, he said. After that, he found a drunk, lying, unconscious beneath an army blanket, an old man, hunched, wizened, and sick, He took that blanket and wrapped it round himself, but for the drunk, he left new clothes. And now I had to run to keep up with the ragman, though he was weeping uncontrollably and bleeding freely at the forehead, pulling his cart with one arm, stumbling for drunkenness, falling again and again, exhausted, old, old and sick, yet he went with terrible speed, On spider's legs, he skittered through the alleys of the city, this mile and the next, until he came to its limits. 
and then he rushed beyond. I wept to see the change in this man. I hurt to see his sorrow, and yet I need to see where he was going in such haste, perhaps to know what drove him so. The little old ragman, he came to a landfill. He came to the garbage pits, and I waited to help him in what he did, but I hung back hiding. He climbed a hill with tormented labor. He cleared a little space on that hill. Then he sighed. He laid down. He pillowed his head on a handkerchief and a jacket. He covered his bones with an army blanket, and he died. Oh, how I cried to witness that death. I slumped in a junked car and wailed and mourned as one who has no hope because I had come to love the ragman. Every other face had faded in the wonder of this man, and I cherished him, but he died. I sobbed myself to sleep. I did not know how could I know that I slept through Friday night and Saturday and its nights too, but then on Sunday morning... I was wakened by a violence. Light, pure, hard, demanding light, slammed against my sour face, and I blinked, and I looked, and I saw the first wonder of all. There was the ragman, folding the blanket most carefully, a scar on his forehead, but alive, and besides that, healthy. There was no sign of sorrow or age, and all the rags that he had gathered shined for cleanliness. Well then, uh, well I then I towered my head, and trembling for all that I had seen, I myself walked up to the ragman. I told him my name with shame, for I was a sorry figure next to him, and I took off all my clothes in that place, and I said to him with dear yearning in my voice, dress me. He dressed me. My Lord, he put new rags on me, and I am a wonder beside him, the ragman, the ragman, the Christ. Beloved, I tell you, it's not the first time I read that story, but I'm a goosebump. It is so incredibly, incredibly beautiful, I think. Truly, truly wonderful. Um, hold on just a moment. I think... Um, okay, there's the music for our first break. We haven't had the camera all this first section. Um, let me... Um, uh, we're going to see if we can fix it during the break. God bless you. Don't go away. We'll come right back after the break, and we'll take your calls and your texts and your emails toll-free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Dominus et vobis et cum The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you will join us. Give us a call during the show at 888 526 2151. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And um, I, I understand we've been having technical di- difficulties, and I don't see the camera on uh, from my end, so you may not see me. It may be simply audio. I'm sorry for that. That happens once in a while. What's amazing is how often it does not happen. This is a really good thing. So I'm going to go ahead. We finished our story a little early today. But you know, what is the lesson of the ragman story? Um, I thought about this. While we're home um, uh, during this coronavirus, while many of us are on lockdown and so forth, um, uh we can become miserable and we can also um, put ourselves on a very degraded path. We could stay home and do unprofitable things. We can watch television, which is uh, 90%, 99% poor for our souls. Um, the news reports have said that pornography has has just skyrocketed during this time because people are on the internet and all of that and they're bored and it's just awful. We have a decision to make. We can allow this time to ruin us 
Because if you do those things, you are ruining yourself. You are ruining yourself. You will never be free of the images you've seen and the things you've experienced. You will never be free of them. Um, it's a time to, uh, to uh, grow in your Catholic faith. Um, it's a time to read the scriptures, to read the catechism, to read the lives of the saints, to read a theology book. Uh, I recommend Theology for Beginners by Frank Sheed. Um, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a beginner. It's a wonderful book. It really helped me into the church. Um, there's so many things you can do. If you're home, if your children are home, don't let them just spend time playing in their rooms or playing with toys or playing with friends. Don't let that mom, dad, don't allow that. Homeschool them. Take them through the, the scriptures. Take them through the books they have. Um, teach them. Teach them the faith. You can just read through the, uh, ca- through the um, uh, catechism with them. It doesn't have to be a child's catechism. You can read through the catechism and um, uh, just talk about the faith with them. Say, do you, is there a God? And they'll say yes. I say, well, how do we know that? Well, I don't know. We've been told that. Well, that's good. That's good that you believe. Um, but um, uh, but how do you know it? There has to come a time where it's your conviction and your faith. What evidence do you see that there's a God? And you can help them. Who 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 made you? Well, you did, Mommy. I was in your womb. Yes, but um, who made me? Your mother did, yes. But how does a soul form in, in the body of a mother? How does all that happen? And you can discuss the creation, the creator, and his love for us, and heaven and all that is destined for us. And there's just so much. I, you probably have books at home that can help you with this. There's so much. But so that's one thing. Make good use of this time. Assume that God has given you this, and he hasn't given you this. Uh, he hasn't allowed this circumstance of coronavirus to, to destroy us, but to separate the wheat from the tares and to make us strong. Uh, people lived for centuries without the Eucharist, without um, under communism, all of that. Uh, we might be heading that way. What are we going to do? We should be stronger than ever. The family should be stronger than ever. I've been talking about homeschooling for the longest time is is the not just the best way to raise your children, but the way to not utterly destroy them with what's happening in the schools today, including many Catholic and private schools. And so you have an opportunity now. You've been kind of forced into that situation. What will you do? Will you destroy your children? Are you afraid that you'll destroy them if you teach them rather than waiting for schools to open? You won't destroy them. They need you more than they need those schools. And I'm afraid when the schools open again, we're going to be uh, more towards socialism, communism than anything else. You wouldn't want to put your child back probably. So I'm not a prophet. I'm not predicting. But it looks like that's what's happening. The people who are promoting this globalism, this one-world government, this new humanism, all of that, um, 
They have written, George Soros, the major funder of it, said we need to take advantage of this coronavirus crisis. It's time to destroy the family. It's time, rather, to abolish the family. Same thing. They want the families in their way. The family unit, God's design, is absolutely in their way. America, I've heard it, uh, is in their way because we have a strong president uh, who is fighting for life and morality. And so this is an opportunity that God has given us, beloved, for you to truly know and learn how to raise your children. Um, our, um, uh, our, we've been really delayed in producing uh, the newsletter that I've been promising. And so there's so much material I've I've divided it into two newsletters. The first newsletter will have much to do with Easter and Easter stories um, that are pertinent to us now um, during Easter tide. But also, um, how do we raise a family? How do we be a father? How do we be a mother? What do we do to keep our house? How do we keep our children Catholic? What are the morals? What are the virtues? How do we raise them in those things? How do we discipline? That's going to be the first newsletter, beloved. I'm going to suggest that you pray minimum of the first Friday each month, the Stations of the Cross with your entire family. And I'm going to include a present in the newsletter. It's going to be my favorite booklet on the Station of the Cross, written in the late 1800s. It's, it is my favorite. It's absolutely beautiful. It has illustrations and all that. So it'll be something, if you don't have anything else, it'll be free. It'll be a gift in the newsletter, and it'll be for you. And also in the newsletter will be a holy card with how to make a spiritual communion and the spiritual communion prayer during this time that you're not able to go to church and receive our Lord in the Eucharist. It's going to be a wonderful newsletter, and the following newsletter will be completely on homeschooling. But in this newsletter, I'm going to already give you the resources for homeschooling so you can get a head start in ordering them, and I'll give you recommendations. So... um Two newsletters, one, and then as, one, as soon as the first one, which will be, it'll be at the printer next week, uh, is, in, is, is there. I'm going to start on the second one with homeschooling. We have a tremendous amount of material already for it. <clears throat> and if you're not on our mailing list, uh, go ahead to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. And if, if you get that wrong, just type in Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, which is us. And then go click on newsletter tab toward the right, and you can right up top subscribe to the newsletter, uh, email, and or regular mail. So if you sign up for regular mail, you'll always get the the free gifts, CDs, other things we normally include. Um, the email version can't get that unless you call in for it. You will always get it. So you can get both email and regular mail or just email or just uh, regular mail, whatever uh, whatever you wish is what we do, and it allows you to choose that. So www.motherofisraelshope.org, click on newsletter. You've got plenty of time to sign up to get this newsletter because it's going to first be at the printer next week. You're, you've got plenty of time. But I beg you to um, not 
use this time as a vacation to loaf, to rest. Uh, you can take a vacation of a sort, but um, don't zone out. Don't destroy yourselves. If we're not growing, we never stay the same. It's impossible to stay the same. We're either growing or declining. And if we do not have a plan to grow, teach our children during this time, spend time with them, um, or if we're single, uh, to to begin to read. If we haven't read the scriptures through, you need to read the scriptures through, or the catechism, or whatever it is. Again, the books on saints, or theology, or a book on the end times, if you wish, because we might be heading in there now. So... Um, I I would hope hope for you to do that, beloved. I would hope. So I think we have, our engineer said that we're back online. So hello, hello, hello. We're back um, uh, in, in video. I'm so, so glad for that. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go to Lisa, um, uh, her email. Lisa writes, hello, dear mother. I am reading... Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. Oh, it's a wonderful book, Lisa. And a quote on page six disturbs me. It's from Isaiah 40, chapter 45, verses six and seven. And it says, I am the Lord and there is none else. I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. Well, she says, it's the create evil that shakes me. What does that mean? I thought evil came from our free will and our choices. Oh, no, no, no. Um, How and why would God create evil? Does this mean God created our great evils, such as abortion and euthanasia? No. Please help me to understand if you can, Lisa. Trustful surrender to divine providence, you are probably reading. I believe that that is, um, well, you might have a more modern copy of it, um, I am the Lord and there is none else. A little more modern. Um, I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. Um, the version, I looked this up, the version I read, which is the Revised Standard Version, says, I form light. I, I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make wheel, W-E-A-L, and create woe. I am the Lord who does all these things. And so there are different translations. Um, creating woe is not the same as creating evil. God is not the author of evil, but he allows evil and he can send evil. Um, and if you say, if, he, if it says create evil, I would only have to take a guess that he creates uh, evil circumstances the evil doesn't come from him, but he uh, allows the evil to reign, just as Satan is the prince of and peace of this world, um, in order to turn us to him. Uh, let me continue with this, dear Lisa, as soon as we come back from the break. And I invite um, everyone to call in if you have a question uh, at toll-free 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. To Mother Miriam Live, I'm thrilled to be with you, and we will take, we have a whole half hour to ourselves, and we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, um, and our toll-free number to call or text is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the Um we just read before the break an uh, email from Lisa, who's reading in her book, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence, uh, a quote from Isaiah 45, 6-7, which says, I am the Lord and there is none else. I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. And uh, Lisa said, it's the create evil that shakes me. What does that mean? And I'm going to, um, I just brought up um, my my go-to favorite apologetics website and number one in the world, by the way, catholic.com. And um, it has a um, an article right on Isaiah 45, 7, Does God Create Evil? And um, uh, the article reads that in some English translations, uh, it does read, uh, as you did, um, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. 
And then it says the Hebrew word that is translated evil or ra, R-A, can indeed mean moral evil, such as in Genesis 2.9, which says the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That would be moral evil. However, the same word ra can also refer to natural evil, such as in Psalm 34, which says many are the afflictions ra of the righteous. That's not moral. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And it, it, it says, since God is all good, he cannot engage in moral evil because it is impossible for him to act against the good. However, God can cause natural evil. I'm thinking personally here of the flood and, um, and of his ordering the Israelites to put all the Hittites and the otherites to death in, in, the, in, the, in the new land. God can cause natural evil because pain can ultimately serve God's good ends or purpose for creation. It seems clear from the context that this verse refers to God creating natural evil. All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, And then he goes on to discuss the word peace. Um, And then he goes on to... um, this is from Trent Horn to uh, quote my version of the scriptures. Um, I make wheel, wheel is shalom, peace and create woe. Um, okay, uh, this passage describes only how God is the ultimate cause of both what we enjoy and suffer through, but it is God who will deliver us from these sufferings. We must endure for our own good. All right, so I think... Um, I think that's your answer, Lisa. It's not a moral evil, but God has brought, you know, the scriptures say the end times, storms and tornadoes and earthquakes and darkness and uh, that a good part of the third of the world will be destroyed and its people. Has God brought that? Yes, he has. Uh, it's as he brought the coronavirus. I think so. Did he allow it or did he create it? I can't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he's allowed it no matter what, whether he created it or not. I don't believe he created it, but he allowed it this evil um, for chastisement so we can get our act together and become, uh, go back to his design of worshiping God and the, his design for the family. I, I personally do believe that. I hope that helps you a bit. Um, okay, um, Elisa, okay. We don't, um, you said uh, you thought evil come from our free will and choices. We can, that we don't create evil, we can choose evil. The evil exists in the world through the, through the fall and through Satan who brought evil into the world. <clears throat> and we can choose to create it and multiply it or to, um, to turn from it and to kill it. We have an email from Janet who says, hello, mother. I've been away from the church for over 20 years. I want to come back. Oh, bless you, Janet. Please help me and advise me. What should I do? Thank you. Regards, Janet. Oh, dear Janet, it is um, God who is at work at your heart to have you come home. It's very, very, very wonderful. Um, it's truly wonderful. I'm I'm thrilled, and we are going to be praying for you, Janet. Um 
I would suggest that you find a Latin parish, um, and not just a Latin mass, but a, a, an entire church that celebrates the Latin mass, um, and that whose theology you'll be able to trust and, uh, where there's, where there's reverence, uh, um, uh, all the time. Um, now there may be good Novus Ordo churches, um, that can bring you that also, but I wouldn't know where or how to recommend that to you, but I would recommend that you go to a Latin parish and that you make an appointment with the priest of that parish and just say to him, I've been away for 20 years. I want to come back to church. Can you help me? That's what's to do, Janet. That's what you should do. And um, there is no priest um, uh, who I can imagine put you off on that or say no to you or even to tell you to wait until the coronavirus is over. I cannot imagine a priest that the issue of the salva- is the salvation of your soul. I cannot imagine a single priest who would not help you or who would tell you to wait. If you find a priest who does that, keep going to priests until you find one who says yes. And um, what you can also do is call Catholic Answers, uh, catholic.com, call their office, Catholic Answers. They're in San Diego. They have a list of very good churches, both Novus Ordo and Latin, throughout the country. And if you tell them what city you're in, they might be able to refer you to a church and even particularly to a priest. So I would call them. So that's number one. Secondly, dear Janet, get a hold of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, if you can, and begin to read it through. And... um, so that you know that you agree. You cannot come back to the church if you don't agree with her teachings, especially her moral teachings. If you oppose um, uh, the church's teachings on morals and contraception, all of that, you can't come back to the church because you won't be in it. Um, But as long as you want to come home, dear one, uh, read the catechism so you're on your way to understanding the faith and don't stop looking for a priest. I would keep that phone going all day or uh, until you find a priest who will meet with you. You can meet six feet apart. There's no problem there, but he should see you. Um, Okay, Uh, and if you're in Tulsa, give me a call, and I'll tell you what priest to call. We have an email from Mary Ellen who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm writing in response to your radio broadcast on EWTN Radio last week pertaining to COVID-19. Mary Ellen, I'm not on EWTN Radio at all. Um, I'm on the Station of the Cross, uh, not on EWTN. We're live streaming on both Station of the Cross and LifeSite News but the uh, the radio is strictly the station of the cross, not EWTN. So, you know, it, it's really, um, I love EWTN. I've done 100 programs with them and series. And someone told me they replayed um, one of the programs from Household of Faith dealing with the resurrection on Sunday when I was yet Rosalind Moss before I became Mother Miriam. They're wonderful. And if you are staying home, by the way, everybody, um, I would say don't don't change your channel from EWTN. Forget everything else, pretty much. In any case, 
Um, I'm not on EWTN radio. Many people think that because they think if it's Catholic radio, it's EWTN. But but um, in this case, it's the Station of the Cross. And she says, during the program, you stated the virus is a plague sent by God. Um, <clears throat> well, I didn't state that definitively because I cannot know that. I, I said, I believe it's a chastisement from God. I do. Um, I wanted to express some concerns I have with this terminology. Well, I didn't use that terminology. Um, You know, uh, beloved, let me tell everybody that um, uh, I've had many people write in, and I'm happy you do, uh, with statements that you say I've made, but I haven't made them. I may have made a point about them or surrounding them, but I have not made the statement that you have put. And I would, I would really suggest that if you want to quote something I've said, this would be true of any radio program. If you'd like to quote what I've said, go back to the podcast and write it down exactly. You can continue to replay that part till you get the sentence right. But I have not said... Um, that the virus is a plague sent by God. No. I said, I believe this is a chastisement from God. Um, uh, There's a different meaning in that. Um, um, it, It sounds close, but there's a different meaning. And she says, I want to express some concerns I have with this terminology. Given that you are in a position of authority and broadcasting to a very large audience of people, many Catholics and some non-Catholics. It is important to proceed with caution. Well, I certainly agree with that, Mary Ellen. Regardless of whether or not this is your personal opinion, when speaking of matters as grave as this, you represent the Church and henceforth should be proclaiming the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church, not your opinion. Well, I do proclaim the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church, and it is the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church that proclaims these things. Our first emailer, um, uh, Lisa, said, I'm reading Trustful Surrender to God in a quote from Isaiah 45, 6, 7. It disturbs me. God says, I am the Lord and there is none other. I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. It is the teaching of the church. You need to understand it, um, but it is the teaching of the church that God sends evil. Uh, it's all of Scripture. Read the book of Revelation. Um, uh, read the whole Old Testament where God destroyed whole peoples. Um, and people, uh, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, lied before God, and he, they were struck dead by God on the spot. And so um, uh, you represent the church and henceforth should be claiming the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church and not your opinion. Well, my opinion, I will give you at times my opinion, and I tell you it's my opinion. I will not uh, give you a fact as, as true if I don't say it's my, if it's my opinion, I tell you that. And I did say that. I said, it, uh, I believe this is, it's my opinion, I believe this is a chastisement from God. And I can't say that definitively, and I've said those things too. But if it's an opinion of mine, you can be sure that um, 
it will not counter the truth of the church. Um, okay, and she goes on to say, I'm not here to criticize, but to caution. Um, I'm sensitive to the needs of vulnerable people, many of whom experience anxiety and already in panic mode. Hearing someone in one of the most respected positions of the church broadcast to the public that the coronavirus is a plague sent as a punishment from God for our sins will not only send them into oblivion, but will turn them away from God. Beloved, we need to grow up and learn our faiths. We need to do that. I believe that it's true. I believe that it's a punishment sent from God. Is it my opinion? Um, well, yes, it is, but I believe it because God hasn't come from the sky and written that it is. But it's not the first time we've had such a plague as a chastisement, and it won't be the last. People need to learn their faith. They have to learn how to be not sent into oblivion and trust in God. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Morris Letizia is a good example of this. The Holy Father specifically stated that the interpretation that the traditionalists were afraid of was the interpretation that he wished the document to have. I don't know how people cannot be at least concerned and want some clarity on that. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays 2 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from The Terry and Jesse Show. I hope you'll join us weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. On the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, um, to Mother Miriam Live and again, we have about 10 minutes left. Our lines are wide open if you'd like to call in. And the toll-free number, one 511 5483 We have an email from Mary Ellen, who um, has written quite a long email. And um, 
is as disturbed that I would offer my opinion, which will frighten people, my opinion that, for example, this coronavirus uh, is uh, God has allowed, if not sent, as I keep repeating, uh, but as a chastisement for us. And I said, just as he has said plagues in the past, uh, in the New Testament time, in the Old Testament time, all of that. And it, your, your email is way too long for me to read on the air, dear one. But um, uh, what Mary Ellen is pointing out, that those who are weak, who don't know the Old Testament, can be frightened. Uh, they may not possess the knowledge to make informed decisions about a pandemic. Um, and we'll take what you say as gospel truth. Well, that's that's okay with me. We need to straighten up our lives. At least this is a warning that we need to get serious about our faith and learn our faith. There is no excuse for any Catholic not knowing the Old Testament, at least reading it, if not studying it. There is no excuse. It's our Bible. The Catholic Church gave the Bible to the world. It's God's love letter, and we need to... Uh, begin to grow up and rise up and know our faith and no longer be children. We need to do that. And if it's in the scripture, God has told us. God has, and um, Mary Ellen has talked about, when, as far as plagues are concerned, she says, let us turn to sacred scripture um, and, and so forth. Uh, it, all these plagues were announced. Uh, she talked about all the announcements of what God will do. Well, he also has announced these things. Read the Gospel of Matthew. Read the Gospel of Luke. Read um, Thessalonians. Read the book of Revelation. God has announced all these things. We don't know exactly when, but we've always been told the time is near. Always been told the time is near. And God has so arranged events in history that he has somehow, in his miraculous, wonderful way, kept his people waiting for the end times, for his second coming, through all of history, through all of history, all of the New Testament history. Um, And if you say we haven't been warned, I think um, uh, Mary Ellen herself says, more recently we can reflect on the apparitions of the Blessed Mother, the woman clothed in the sun, whom God has sent as outlined in the book of Revelation, to prepare us for his second coming. Her consistent message in all apparitions is repentance, yes, but they're all telling us what's going to come if we don't repent. (coughs) Of course, uh, Our Lady of Fatima approved, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Good Success, um, Our Lady of All Nations, all these are approved apparitions, and every one of them has predicted plague and death and chastisement if we don't repent. So yes, our mother's messages are to repent, but they contain these warnings, every single one of them, and they all agree, contain these warnings. So... um, uh, You go on and go on... um, uh, it, toward the end, Mary, I can't read through this whole thing. Mary Ansel, is the coronavirus a great plague, as some like to claim? I have reflected, and I can't tell anybody how great it is. I just listen to the news the way everybody else does. But I also see what's happening. And I also see that the evil leaders of the world 
are trying to turn this into the destruction of mankind. Use it to abolish the family and create a one-world government. That's It's all over the news. I'm not making it up. It's not my opinion. Um, and she says, I've reflected prayerfully, considered this, and my humble opinion, she says, the answer is written in Scripture. Was it announced? Did God give his people the chance to repent? Did he offer his people a form of protection? Yes, she says, God is a just God, but he's also a God of mercy. He always protects his people. So why should today be any different? After all, it isn't, isn't God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Thank you for taking the time to consider my thoughts. Um, Mary Ellen, of course he's the same, and he's given his people time and time and time again opportunity to repent. I personally don't think, personally, my opinion, my knowledge, uh, to the degree of my knowledge, that there's been any period in all of history that has had as many warnings as we've had. Our Lady Fatima said, if Russia doesn't repent, if we don't uh, dedicate uh, ourselves, uh, dedicate Russia to the Immaculate Heart, uh, there will be a, a greater war, war and a second war. And just what Our Lady said happened. And everything that's being predicted, I, Our Lady, Our Lord came through Our Lady the first time, and he's coming through her again now. Um, apparition after apparition all over the world. And again, you can count those that have been approved, but everyone that has been approved has given these warnings. If, if we don't repent, if we don't return to our faith, um, if there were no warning, it, the state of Catholicism is enough. The state of, I came into the church, Mary Ellen, three generations lost to the faith. Whose fault is that? You say the bishops, the priests, they don't teach. That's part of it. But we are responsible to know and live our faith. We are responsible. We say the creed. I believe in this and that and that. Most people don't believe. And they don't believe in the Eucharist. And the churches are empty. And they're leaving left and right. And they come to church chewing gum or in, in, in thongs and shorts. No idea that they're before God. And so um, the state of the world is awful, Mary Ellen. Uh, abortion uh, among Catholics is at least equal to the world. Divorce among Catholics, I think, is h- higher than the world. <clears throat> Catholics have voted in evil into the, the presidency, into offices for a long time now. Uh, God has given us uh, grace with President Trump, a time of grace, a time to repent, or a time to turn from our evil ways. Every day, every week we read the scriptures. If we pray at all, today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. We don't spread the gospel. We don't live the gospel. There's a small percentage that do, and they are the ones that are not complaining about this pandemic because they know. They know the heart of God through uh, through all of his apparitions um, and through the scriptures and through history. It's time that we know our faith. It's time that we grow up into Christ and study and read the, the letter that God has written to us, that's the scriptures, through his prophets. It's time that we do that. I have no sympathy for anybody who is afraid that people are going to be uh, afraid if they're if we speak too strongly? No. If you're in a room, 
that is on fire. <clears throat> Someone may know, not know it's an, on fire. They may not have smelled the smoke. Maybe the fire's in the next room, but the whole building's going to blow up very soon. And the person in the next room doesn't know there's danger, and they happen to have a fear of even a match, a fire. Are you going to not tell them because they're afraid of fire? You're going to go and say, we have to get out of here now. The building is burning. It's going to blow up. We have to do that. Uh, That's how we save them, not by keeping them blind and ignorant and children. So I know this sounds very strong, but we need to begin to live our faith. We have what the entire world needs, the message of salvation in the church our Lord established, and shame on us. We are accountable if we keep it to ourselves. Beloved, we'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you. Live your faith. Love God and the church for which he gave his life. Mm-hmm.